Thank you for joining us for this week's 908 message. 908 is a contemporary, student-led ministry based out of Concordia St. Paul. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We hope you join us some Wednesday night and are blessed through the words of our speaker. Father God, thank you so much for the community of 908 and giving me the opportunity to speak about you to this wonderful group of people. Help them keep their hearts and minds focused on you for now and forever and your words as I speak today. In your name we pray, amen. So for those of you who don't know me, I will give you a little bit of background information on me really quick. So my name is Isaiah Philip Holman. You can call me Isaiah. You can call me Holman. Or as most people on campus call me, you may call me Gingy. I grew up in the city of Wausau, Wisconsin. If you do not know where Wausau is, if you happen to be driving to Green Bay, it is the first sign of civilization you will see in between here and Lambeau Field. And if you still don't get it, it is right smack dab in the middle of the state. You can't miss it. Um, I grew up on the far east side of Wausau, so far east that I was technically in a town called Nutterville, but nobody will ever actually know where that is, so I will move on. <laughs> so, um, I grew up on what used to be a dairy farm, but was later downsized to a hobby farm shortly after I was born. My family consisted of my sister, my brother, and I, that is all of us, and this is my shout out to Gage, because Gage, that's my brother when he was 14 years old. For those of you who don't know, my brother is a pastor, um, and my brother was Gage's pastor for many years, so, yay. All right. <laughs> um, I have a different father from my, my siblings, which is why I look very different from them. Um, that's a long story. All you need to know is that I don't have a dad in my life, and I am okay with that. In fact, I prefer it that way, but I am an open book. I will answer any questions about my dad's story if you ask me. Um, by the way, that's a picture I took from my bedroom roof. I got to remodel my bedroom after we had a house fire. Um, I got to design my own bedroom, and I designed it in a way that I could climb out onto the roof. So I took that picture of our little hobby farm um, from my bedroom. So, anywho, I am a sophomore here at CSP in the pre-seminary program with a music minor. And my testimony today is about the exact moment that I decided that I want to become a pastor. So, let's start this fun story, shall we? Get excited, because it's a heck of a ride. All right. So, my story starts junior year of high school. Now, I was on top of the world my junior year. I had just gotten my driver's license, and I didn't need to worry about a vehicle, because my grandpa was letting me use his brand new Chevy Silverado. I did not have to worry about gas, because my grandpa had opened a tab at the tiny little gas station called Sunset Store, Life was good, and I was spending a lot of time with my closest friends. That is us at, oh, go back, go back. <laughs> that, is, that is us at the Mount, Mount Olympus at the Wisconsin Dales. Now you may proceed. That is me in my Silverado. Don't ask me what I'm doing, because I have no idea. All right. Uh, where am I now? Oh, yeah. And I was section leader in high school. What you should know, I was a huge band geek because it's important to the story. And yes, I went through many changes in high school as far as appearance goes. And Caleb is a weirdo and he always has bunny ears over my head. <laughs> um, so junior year was my year, but alas, this is where my story begins. So one day I am leaving choir and my friend Christian comes up to me and says, hey Isaiah, 
Did you hear that Paige passed away this morning? Now Paige is the one on the far right in this picture, and she was one of my closest friends of this friend group. This was my response to him. I looked him dead in the eyes and went, that's not a funny joke, dude. And I went on with my life. I walked to class. Paige had just been at my house, not even 24 hours earlier, watching scary movies with me. So I knew she was alive, she was healthy, she was fine. So I continued to not believe him as I walked to my next class. And as I was walking to my next class, my phone rings. To which I answer, and it's my mom. And she confirms the news that I just got from Christian that my best friend Paige had passed away that morning in a car accident on the way to school. So now I knew this was real. But I was fine. Everything was fine. It was fine. I was fine. I still went to class. But I shouldn't have. Because I remember sitting in class that day and starting to shake as the news hit me. And I started to understand what, what had happened with the news I had just gotten. That my best friend, whom I had just had a scary movie night with, was, was gone forever. And I couldn't stop shaking. I remember my teacher came up to me in the middle of class as I was starting to shake. And she said she had received an email that I was excused from class to go to the counseling office to meet with the rest of our friend group. As I walked down the hallways, it all hit me like a freight train. I lost it. Everything that I had just heard hit me as I walked to the counseling office, and all my emotions hit just like that. I get to the counseling office to find my friends and my band director sitting at a conference table in a similar state of shock and tears. The next couple of weeks were very rough, to say the least. My GPA plummeted because I was too sick to go to school every day. Well, let me rephrase that. I was too sick to go to class. I went to school, but my friends and I all had special permission to escape to the band room whenever we wanted while we mourned our friends. So most of the time I went to school, but never went to class. So here's the, ha here's the story so you guys know. Paige had been driving to school that morning, but she had to take her sister Mari to school first. So Mari was in the car as well. She was driving to the east, and it was mid-September, around 7.30, so of course, the sun was at eye level. Paige had been blinded by the sun and ran into a garbage truck. If you don't know, garbage trucks are designed to collapse when they receive intense contact. So Paige died instantly. Between the EMTs and her sister Mari, who survived, by the way, we know that Paige had been driving safe. She had not been texting. She had not been speeding, as far as we know. Um, she just was blinded by the sun. It was simply an accident. She just, she didn't, she didn't even feel any pain. She just saw the sun. In fact, the pastor at the funeral put it really beautifully, because Paige had not had a painful death. She didn't experience any suffering because she died on impact. It was, just, it was just time for her to go home. And how beautiful is it to say that Paige went home by driving into the sun. God brought her home, and Paige didn't see anything but beauty of a sunrise. As she was driving into the sun, 
She was driving into the arms of the son. It's beautiful. But it still hurt. I'm not going to put it lightly. It hurt like hell. Heck, I didn't mow the lawn for a month after because when she had been at my house for the movie night, she parked her car on my lawn. So guess what? Her car tracks were still on my grass. So I didn't mow the lawn because every day after school I would come home and I would see the car tracks. And I would be sad, as I remembered, but I would also be happy because of the beautiful friendship that we shared. So this is the part of my testimony where I give you the disclaimer that my testimony is not that Paige died, I fell more in love with God, the end. It's not that. As much as I love those sort of testimonies, as we all do, my testimony is a little bit more sophisticated than that. There we go, that's the word. Because let's be honest, Paige's death still hurts. I still wake up with tear stains on my cheeks every morning because, heaven forbid, I have one night where I don't dream about her. So where am I going with this? So here's actually where the story gets worse. My band director comes up to me one day and he says, hey, you know, Paige is all Austin Campbell ever had. Do you think you could take him under your wing so he doesn't, you know, crash? Austin is the one on the far right of that picture. And you should know that I could not stand Austin Campbell. He would argue with anyone about anything, and he was never wrong. In fact, he is still this way, but moving on. The biggest argument that we always had is that I am a Jesus freak. Austin, very strong atheist. We could not have a single conversation without having some sort of argument about how I believe in a guy who lives in the cloud and uses magic to create things and do things, and all of you sitting here know the arguments. If you have heard the arguments against Christianity, Austin used it. But I am me, and I love like nobody's business, so I was, so was going to give it a shot. I wasn't just going to leave him on his own. So we started to hang out. I taught him how to drive. We went on dinner dates every Thursday after pit orchestra rehearsal, which is where pictures like these come from. And <laughs> yes, we are in a phone booth on our cell phones. We were a strange group of friends. And we argued, and we argued, and it was always a time of arguing, and always about how I believe in the man in the clouds. But one day something changed. Austin started asking questions about my faith instead of arguing. And they were legitimate questions that he was genuinely curious about. And after a week about this, I was like, Austin, do you want to come to church with me? To which he agreed. He would go to church with me one Sunday and one Sunday only. And he did. And at the end of that Sunday, he agreed to make it a thing. So every Friday, he would stay the night at my house. He would spend the weekend so that he could go to church with me every Sunday. And then from there, he joined my church's new member class, like all Lutheran churches have. And to which I would 
go with him to support him in this new faith walk that he was starting. And by the way, this was the point where my pastor would be like, Isaiah, you'll learn all this in seminary. Isaiah, you're going to be a pastor someday. Which, by the way, I did not take the bait. I was set on going to UW-Green Bay for film and music because I wanted to be a, a pit orchestra person. I wanted to do film music. That's where I wanted to do with my life. I did not take the bait because I had my life set out already and I was not interested in following my brother's path, which I told you earlier, my brother is a pastor. But one day after church, about two months after Austin decided to start going to church with me, this happened. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> now, let's just take a moment. Two months before that video was taken, he was one of the most bullheaded atheists I've ever met, and now he was being baptized. Do you guys realize how beautiful this is? So because of that, we're going to watch the video again, and this is going to sound really weird and confusing, but at the end of the video, will you give Austin a very strong congratulations with applause, screaming, whatever you feel to do. Just, let's just welcome Austin into the Christian church. And it sounds weird, but you will understand in time, I promise. So we're going to watch the video over again. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Yahoo! <laughs> So just like that, this guy, who had been one of the most bullheaded atheists I have ever met, was now being baptized. That video was the exact moment that I decided that I wanted to be a pastor. That this was what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. So this is the end of my story. And I want to tell you the guys, my story to show you that God is always working. He took this incident, the death of a high schooler, a very well-loved high schooler. She was in everything. She was in 4-H. She was in dance. She had just been accepted to UW-Madison. And he took her home. And he left us all wondering, why, God? What are you doing? We've all had those moments where we've locked ourselves in a room and stared at a white wall saying, God, what are you doing with my life? We're in college. We have those moments pretty regularly, don't we? <laughs> we have these moments, these struggles, these internal, external, where things happen and we don't understand, God, what are you doing? But I'm here to tell you that God always knows what he's doing. Paige's death was terrible, and I miss her like I never knew it was possible to miss somebody. We both do. But look at this beautiful thing that happened. If we had never lost Paige, as much as it hurts me to say, Austin and I would have never become friends, and he would still be the same bullheaded atheist <laughs> to this day.
but instead we now have a new brother in Christ. And that is something... And, and that is something that I will never not find beautiful, that I will never not take me, with me to, to my grave. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. All things. For those who are called according to his purpose. Paige's favorite quote was this. To know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. This is to have succeeded. Now, I love this quote for so many reasons. <laughs> Don't start crying. You're going to make me cry. <sighs> I love this quote for so many reasons. This quote encompasses everything that was Paige Boots. And to know that even in her death, she still managed to succeed in making someone's life breathe easier. This is now the quote that I live by. This is why I want to be a pastor, why I am the way I am, because it is my hope with everything that I do that I make somebody smile, that I make sure everybody feels loved, everybody feels appreciated, everybody gets a smile, that I shine with Christ's light, because God can take even a situation like this and make beauty from the ashes. And by the way, now Austin's basically part of the family. <laughs> to know that even one life has breathed easier, one life has breathed easier because you have lived, this is to have succeeded. Pray with me. Father God, I thank you so much for everything that you do in my life and in the lives of everyone. Thank you for giving me this awesome opportunity and this story to share with people. I ask that you let them take away what they needed from this story that you have set in my life. I ask that you help me and everyone in this room to shine your light. Help us so that because of us, someone might breathe easier tomorrow. In your name we pray. Amen. The Lutherans like to have hymn, well, not so much LCMS anymore. Elka still likes to have hymns of the day. Paige was Elka. Um, so the hymn of the day at her funeral was Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And I had the awesome yet sad but beautiful privilege of playing the, prolude, the pre, prelude, prelude. prelude for her funeral which was an arrangement of Come Thou Found of Every Blessing. So I'm going to play that while you guys pray. And then after that, I'll play a different version of Come Thou Found of Every Blessing, and then I'll just noodle. So go ahead. <laughs>
And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Go in peace.